This episode of the Rebel City podcast is with representatives of the Ask the 700 campaign. Ask the 700 are a group of unionised Glasgow lap dancers, the first in Scotland, um, and they are out protesting and fighting against the potential closure through kind of pretty subvert means of licensing law changes. Um, we get in about where the campaign started and why it's required and the impact that losing these jobs will have for their lives and for their community. Um, it's maybe a bit of a hot button issue for some folk, but the girls are really just asking folk to approach us with an open mind and, and we would echo that and ask you to do the same. Here we go. episode of the Rebel City podcast. Um, today we are extremely fortunate to have a number of members of the Ask the 700, 700 campaign. Um, we'll get more into that as we go through. Um, but as per you know, every other episode, we'd just kind of like to give the guests a chance to introduce themselves and you know, maybe a wee bit about how long he's been working in the industry and stuff like that. Feel free. Hi, I'm Debbie. Uh, I've been working in the lap dancing industry since I was 18. I'm now 33, but don't tell him to that. Uh, I've been working in Seventh Heaven for on and off probably about 15 years. And pass you through it, Andrea. Oh. Yeah, I'm, um, my name's Megara, and um, I've, I was a dancer for a number of years, and I stayed in the industry and moved into domination. Um, recently I've got into activism, so um, I'm now kind of acting, I guess, club uh, acting secretary for um, GMB, which is representing the, or facilitating the, the Ask the 700 campaign. Excellent. Um, I'm Kashti, I've worked in um, bars and clubs since I was 18, <coughs> and I've worked in lap dancing clubs for six and a half years now. Excellent. My name is Kylie and I have been a lap dancer at Seventh for the last five years. Um, I'm Tori, I've been a lap dancer at Seventh Heaven for around nine years, started when I was 18 and now 27. Excellent, thank you. So the reason we've got you in the day, um, or the reason you've yeah, agreed to come and meet us, was the Ask the 700. Um, now, this for me started, or my understanding it started, about the government declaring, uh, what was the term you used uh, off mic? Violence against women. Violence against, so the, the Scottish government made a declaration that de declared lap dancing violence against women. Uh, I think there was also, I don't know whether it was before or after the fact, but the, the sort of consultation process that began around licensing the strip clubs in Glasgow, and I think that's kind of where you guys got involved. Yeah. yeah. So the licensing boards they want to regulate Glasgow strip clubs and we're obviously all for regulating strip clubs but they've said that they would like to set the number of SCVs at zero which would mean closure for the three strip clubs that already have licenses at the moment. There is, they keep saying that there's four strip clubs, there isn't, there's actually only three but there is four licenses available in Glasgow. Right. So they're trying to license them and regulate them which we're happy about as long as they don't set them at zero. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, 
In terms of the, the reasoning behind why this licensing change was, was sort of coming into play, um, I mean, what would you say is the, the sort of driving force behind this? Because it seems to me that lap dancing has been, you know, there in the city centre for as long as I can remember. Uh, clubs like Seventh Heaven have always been at the forefront of that, you know. Um, it seems odd to me that now, all of a sudden, people are like, well, we need to do something about this because I don't, I'm not aware of any huge history or incidents that might have really required a change in legislation or approach. Like, there's not what been are any your thoughts on that? <coughs> <coughs> yeah, there's not been any. There's not. Been, it's been largely Feel incident free. free. It's been. Um, it's been incident free. It's, it's one of the safest places you can go on a night out because mm -hmm. everyone's seated, so you can see where everybody is. There's loads of bouncers about. Um, there might be ladies walking about with high heels and, and lingerie, but you know, never exactly. There's cameras in every single area it's of the, the club. Managers have got a mobile tablet as well, so even yeah. if they're wandering around, like if they want, they can literally just take that with them. So, yeah. so they've got literally constant. Yeah, eyes and ears. There's literally a camera in every corner. There was actually for a while. Um, there was camera. We asked for a camera in the changing room actually, which they've obviously been told that they need to switch off because. There's um, a toilet in there, but that okay. was something that we had also asked for as well. Yeah. Um, You're in that job. You don't I mean, there's literally mind. cameras and everywhere. The yeah. customers are told the rules when they first enter the club. Yeah. So there's no touching, no propositioning, there's no video photography, no picture photography. Mm -hmm. If any customers do try and break their rules, obviously the bouncers are right on hand yeah. to stop that. And they do. There's Aye. never any incidents regarding that. So, I mean, it that. sounds as though, for your point of view, the onus for the clubs is on protecting you to the best of their ability. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We wouldn't work there if we weren't safe and secure. And, and I feel safer in my work than what I do in a regular nightclub. Mm -hmm. I've always this is something that. I've heard a few times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were talking before, like, before we became early meties, and saying there's probably more like, low-level sexual assault happens in Buchanan Street and what like, a Saturday afternoon when people are just walking about. And, yeah. like, mm -hmm. So what, I just don't understand like why they think that this is a good idea. Like, Why are they doing it? Well, I've, I've never been pinned against the wall and had a hand up my skirt. In a strip club, mm -hmm. like never. You don't get people pulling over at the side, like at the club, pulling you aside and making remarks to you, whereas they would if you stop at traffic lights to cross mm -hmm. the road, pull people put their window down and make snide remarks. Like you hear it yourself, it's happened to us, and yeah. you don't get that in the work at all. No, and yeah. it wouldn't be tolerated in the work. The, the bouncers are on hand, and if any guy was to ever try and approach us like that, they would be right there to either give them a warning or escort them out of the club. Yeah. Don't get that in the street. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, how many times have we all been in a nightclub and we've had a slap in the ass? Aye, and if, can you imagine going and saying to the bouncer, see slap in they'd laugh at you. Whether they're in a strip club, whether you're a dancer, or whether you're a customer, it's still the same. Slap your yeah. ass, they think it's acceptable. I've seen a thing in the build-up to this own when we were talking about because I'd read a number of like, sort of testimonials for the girls involved in the build-up to this, uh, and a lot of them were saying, I feel more comfortable in my club than I do in a nightclub. That yeah. was and we're in one of the things as well. quite surprised me for a guy's point of view because again my experience isn't your experience but like my experience having been to the clubs over the years is that the rules are laid out in stone like it's you're almost entering into a contract to mm -hmm. you will behave a certain way and here is the service or you know mm -hmm. experience that will be provided to you and you're like I've never really experienced anybody that Step outside those lines and get away with it. Yeah, you know, and they don't. No, they, don't. At all. they should implement the rules in nightclubs, the same rules that they have in lap dancing clubs. Yeah. And maybe feel a wee bit safe and get into them. Yeah, yeah that's the thing I seen in the build up was a, a Brazilian academic and he created a dress that was touch sensitive and he sent a Brazilian 
very attractive result in last week. Any this nightclub and in the space of sixty minutes she'd been groped hundred and twenty seven times. Fuck and I was hell. like that's well, incredible. You know when I mean? was like, the last time you would have been on a night out or even at a bar and somebody's not even said anything to you and never mind came up back to put their hands on you? Like even mm-hmm. like you said, walking into the shop, like something will get said. Or, I, I, I've walked into Mr. News before before I entered in the club and a guy's literally just come up and slapped Mars. And at what point where is your protection? Uh-huh. You're on your own, yeah. Club, uh-huh, you've got so much protection mm-hmm. there, they'd escort them out. And that's the thing, there's like no big drama around it, they just get escorted out of the club, it's very civilised, and then you just carry on yep. with the rest of your night. Mm-hmm. The way that they're trying to make these clubs out to be, the perception that they're trying to, they're trying to get the public to think that it's all these loads and loads of big rowdy men, like stag parties. Yep. You would think that there was stag parties for 93 seven days a week coming into the clubs the way the way they're actually yeah. making it like it's rowdy and it's all these women are getting exploited and it's terrible and they're not even allowed to dance on the dance floor sure. you're not allowed to stand up and dance you're not allowed table. to pull out your phone like there's so many rules yeah. within the club i mean like rowdy they uh, can't even stand up and see if they are getting a wee bit rowdy they get told to simmer down mm-hmm. you uh-huh. know it's, it's not it's the so way regulated. they're trying to make it out to to everybody that's not been in lap dancing clubs yeah. but people that have been in lap dancing clubs know it's not like that yeah. i yeah. mean you're not going to get an ace seventh heaven on a monday night and see five stack parties shouting here's 20 quid or no it's just not the way it is uh, it's it's really civil one of the things that i get yeah. retweeted before we'd even agreed that um i had retweeted the ask a 700 um tweet one of the tweets and there was a lot of women that were coming in and were saying well what about sex trafficking and you're like what's that got to do with strip clubs but you're talking that so they're, they're like lumping it in with like escorts well, the, the clubs actually wrote a manual on how to spot trafficking and uh-huh. what you should do if you if you spot trafficking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they, they train all their staff on it they were actually on a committee for a while um and they were thrown off of that committee um so Steve at Diamond Dolls and Janet Hood, who's the, the licensing lawyer, um, they were thrown off of the committee because the, the people on the committee didn't feel comfortable with them being on the board. Um, and, they, and Because they, they'd written this, this amazing manual and they said this is what we, we, we would be looking for. They've worked with the police on it and they, they said that this is what you look for, this is what you should do if you see trafficking or you suspect it. Mm-hmm. Um, across the board in all of the clubs, what I've seen is they take copies of passports they take they make sure that you've got the right to live and work here first of all okay. um and there's there's a process to become a dancer yeah. like mm-hmm. there's an interview there's auditions as well so you need to prove that you can actually do the job yeah and, and then from there there's training um there's a kind of further supervision to make sure that you're all right and mm-hmm. and it's just it's as if they think that a transit van pulls up and you just pick what you want out yeah, of it yeah. and you just heard them in I mean in those terms it sounds like the induction I had at a call centre so Pretty where much, you're yeah, interviewed and recruited your practical skills are tested you're often and, and you know the initial week set up with a mentor or somebody who knows the see, ropes that uh-huh. can show you around see like, that's the thing when girls come in they'll speak to the managers but the managers will then get one of us and it normally is one of us that are sitting here yeah. Yeah. to go and take the girl and show what to do and speak to her and make her feel comfortable so it's no one male saying you need to do this this and yeah. this mm-hmm. our the club that we work in i can't say the same for every club but the club that we work in they're the managers we're the dancers and we're adults so yeah. so we can all look after each other and when additions day <clears> come in we're, we're the ones that do them so as they do all the paperwork 
um, passports, photocopy, all that kind of stuff with the managers, mm -hmm. but it's the girls that deal with the girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so there is yeah, the empty there saying you have to do this, you have to do that, yeah. uh, and the girls will show the other girls how to dance and how to do different things. And Here's hints and tips about what uh -huh. works for me, like, what I mean, might work for the, you. Don't get me wrong, there's a list of rules. At the end of the day, it's just a sales I, job. I've been in there where it's a few went. I use this line in this scenario or whatever it is. It's, I, it's, and those terms are completely normal practice. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, um, so, in, in the light of that, in the light of the, the, the relative and maybe somewhat surprising normalcy for some people, like the objections to, to me seem very like opinion based. Like, so I've, I've obviously read um, some of the against you know arguments that we spoke about off mic before we got started, and. What I hear for the critics are, or the people that want, you know, the zero license to be issued, it's, it's opinion. It's not like here is what I know is happening in these clubs. Well, or here is, it's like here is what I fear, or here is something that, or, you know, makes me uncomfortable within myself. Like the, your comfort with your sexuality and your employment is almost un, maybe unnerving some people through their own insecurities or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm wording it right, but, but even just, I mean, doesn't it seem as if it's evidence-based? You need to kind of ignore all the sexuality part of that. Mm -hmm. That isn't your sexuality, that's your job. Yeah, that's nobody, goes there, nobody goes to work because they get turned on by it. Yeah. You go to work to make money like you would go to any other job Absolutely. to make money. It just yeah. happens to be when you go into this job, your earnings are completely uncapped. Um, and you, you decide how much you're going to make that night. Mm. You rent a space to work in the same as you would rent a salon chair, yeah. a taxi, um, tattoo artist. Tattoo yeah. artists rent a chair as I've well. And there's no guarantee. Barbers uh -huh. that rent chairs. So how's this any different? There's no guarantee of work. It's, 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 it's only the people that are against that are bringing sexuality. <laughs> sexuality right. doesn't belong in your employment terms like, at all. It's nothing to do with it. And that's maybe the roundabout thing I was trying to get at there, to be honest with you, because uh, I don't think the sexuality should be factored in because that's about people's discomfort with their own issues rather yeah. than anything that it's just you guys are actually doing. As well. It's just yep. another assumption, that's what it all seems to be because nobody has came to us, the dancers, and actually asked us, well, how do you feel about it? Uh -huh. Do you enjoy it? <clears throat> how does it make you feel? And it, nobody's asked us, it just seems to be people that's either A, never stepped inside a club in their life, so or, actually, uh -huh, yeah. or B, they've yeah. yeah. thought they've heard stories yeah. about people that have been inside I think I actually the read something in the Daily Record, who was like the, the Daily Marie Records Penman, advocate for against, a, and a was like, line, never I've been never been in a strip club, never been in Shut up then, because I don't need to hear the opinion, you know, the thing is, see if you see if they want to bring sexuality into it as a as an argument, then that, that assumes that there's no lesbians working in strip clubs yep. dancing for guys. Which there is, and I've so. worked with loads of people mm -hmm. that are bisexual, that are lesbian, that are that are not interested in men whatsoever. Yeah. Um. You know, you, you could have the biggest fucking dick in the world, and you could be flinging it about the whole entire club. Aye. They're not interested. Because they're, they're interested in what's so, in The thing it's is, it's you would much rather your man go into a strip club because you know that the dancers are just there for money and it's a job, yeah. then go up the Savoy on a Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and get phone numbers. This was another of one course. of the criticisms that jumped out at me and I found quite funny and, and <laughs> didn't ring true with me was the, the notion that once you've been in a strip club, you would never want your wife or daughter to then work in a strip club. And I'm like, the last time I was in seventh That's Edmund, your own internalised misogyny coming out. My Stacey gave me 40 quid for dances. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, she was that. like, away you go. You know what I mean? Like, so, that even that criticism for me doesn't ring true in real life because there are loads of people out there that are Because you've been in a club, that's what I'm saying. Me and Kayleigh went right. through Edinburgh one night and we done what? Six hundred pound and the Western at five pound a dance. Just on dance, just, <laughs> just because we were there and, and it was entertainment, so yeah. why not? Mm. 
and the plenty of women coming to the strip clubs, plenty of couples coming to the strip clubs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, any time I've been there, it has been for fun. I mean, I'm not going there thinking I'm going to. So it's just an entertainment. It's a form well. of This is the thing as well. So, see if this is violence again against women. Women come into the clubs and women enjoy our company and what we do, our yep. service mm-hmm. that we provide. It's not just all male. You've been in the club with straight female mates who have absolutely been in the club. Do you know what I always find the worst for touching though or trying to touch is the female women. Women are worse than the guys. Women are Oh, I'll get away with it because I'm a woman. Yeah. No, you fucking won't. You'll get hauled out as well, hen. Is this like the SNP trying to just be like, look at what we're doing? This is a We would love to know. I don't know if they want to be the heroes and save all, save all your dancers that need to be saved. Mm-hmm. But they're you should be banding together and supporting each other regardless of what thread yeah, it's so feminism exactly. you know what I mean? Like, the other half saying that like, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's our body, it's our business, we make our choices, it's not the other way around. Exactly. Cool. So, obviously outside of the, the kind of beginnings and you know the, the motivations behind it, um, yous, and congratulations on this, became the first uh, unionised lap dancers in Scotland uh, through the GMB. We've been talking with a lot of left-leaning <laughs> guests in uh, recent weeks and it, again this just slid right into the perfect spot for what we've been talking about with other people. So um, I was amazed, I, I don't know, it, it made perfect sense the minute I read what you had to say about it, but when I seen that first headline I was like, wow that's, that's a bit out there. But then how did you get but there? Is it though? Because no, it's no. Any other insane. job, if your job's under threat, you join a union, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Factory so workers. It's because I've never given consideration. Plant workers. Uh-huh. Um, my boyfriend's dad is. Um, he works for Ford in Bridgend. Yep. He helped build that factory, and it's getting shut down. Mm-hmm. So, and he's negotiated through his union to get a massive payout, and uh, he calls it a good boy bonus. Where <laughs> if they over the next year, if they keep the productivity levels up, they will get a massive bonus from it. Yeah. So. Why, why would we not unionise and fight that under under a yeah, banner like GMB? They do under our roof. They yep. do under our roof. It's Absolutely. So what were the what were the main benefits to that then? Because I know obviously um, I think the Seventh Ooh. Heaven was pretty involved in the unionisation process. They've obviously agreed to like was it collective bargaining and uh, health and safety. So they're like massive benefits to you as a group of workers, for, you know, in your day to day life and unionising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's massive benefits not just to the workers but to the clubs themselves as well because mm-hmm. they're seen as being um, as being responsible in in really caring about their their employees or not employees but the people that choose to rent that place. Yeah. Um, one of the managers said to me um, his opinion was um, if you if you build a good club and you've got good conditions you'll attract the best dancers. If you have a shit club and you've got shit conditions, you're going to get shit people. Yeah. So he said it's in the club's interest to make sure that the club is doing everything it can to be the best that it can be. Um, and you can see that. Like if you've got confident, happy women that are working there, then you can tell that the conditions must be good. Yeah. Um, and they welcomed it, and as did um, Diamond Dolls as well. They completely welcomed it with open arms. Um, because all they want to do is see that the club is open. But obviously, the dancers have got different. Um, the workers have got different 
goals to yeah. what the club has. The club wants to stay open because they want to make money, of course. Of course. Like, like, like any other business. But um, the, the workers themselves, well, they want to have yeah. somewhere to be able to rent and not have to travel to Edinburgh or Spain or Aberdeen or England yeah. and, and still have a job so that they don't have to take their kids out of school and move to a more affordable area mm-hmm. or um, move city or so yeah. that their mum can still work and bring money that, home. That sort of collective voice is something that must be like hugely important for you as self-employed because I don't think on your own do you, would you have had the, the ability to make these changes to what's happening? I think um, being a collective voice definitely adds strength to it um, having the backing of a union like GMB is definitely adding strength to it because recently with the equal pay battle um, it was GMB that was the kind of leader in, yep. in, in winning that really so there were other um, input from other unions and things, but GMB is the only kind of main union um, or big big shot union that is supporting dancers. Um, Unison and Unite still see it as violence against women, which okay. I think is very short-sighted of them. Um, but so GMB's in full support. Um, they also look after self-employed people, which brings its own um, its own problems and issues because where is your shop floor if you're self-employed? Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens to be that there's a lot of self-employed workers working in one area, which yep. which gives us a shop floor that we can then um, start to defend. Cool. So in terms of the, the union side of things, um, I know there was a, an attempt, I think, um, last year in like, London by is it UVW or something like that to kind of like unionise in a yeah. more sort of general sense. Is that something that you are looking at? Is it spe- so specific? So UVW is, is a that... completely separate union. Right. They're, they're more kind of London-based, yep. um, and they're more... They, they have approached in Scotland, um, it's just GMB. They came at me actually, that last Yeah. The last came into the club and spoke to me about it. But at that point in time when she came to me, we, not that we didn't think of joining the union, but we just didn't think it was possible. And it no. wasn't obviously until, because nobody would have came and explained it either. It wasn't until Andrea contacted me, and because I knew Andrea a few years ago, she was able to explain to me what the benefits of the union could actually be, which is why everybody then chose to, to join GMB. Cool. All the staff have done it as well, because um, I do the bar in there as well. Yep. And all the bar staff, one by one, we went up into the office, we filled out a paperwork for all to get forwarded on. So all the staff under that roof, not, so just, another, not just dancers, have all done yeah. it as well. So this was another one of the things that jumped out to me whilst I was researching today, was that we talk about the dancers and the 700 and the, and the build-up to the consultation and beyond, but like, one of the articles I read was like, but there's bar staff, there's bouncers, there's... Yeah, and exactly, I was just like, and we can't forget about them. You know what I mean, there's probably like hundreds of additional support staff that are potentially going to be affected by this yeah. as well. You in Sivens, the, the bar staff there are, they're all on a living wage, which is what, £9 an hour or something like that. Um, and then because because of the price of drinks and things in there, mm-hmm. it's always big spenders that go into strip clubs. So yeah. um, the tips, obviously, behind the bar are really good as well. So yep. it's not just £9 an hour, but you're you're going home with quite a healthy wage, mm-hmm. especially for working behind the bar oh, that you won't see in any other bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. Like, I know, obviously, I think some of them was, was it trans friendly. You're now obviously involved in the union. There's a trans toilet as trans well. Trans toilet, yep. Mm-hmm. And like, so if anybody doesn't want to use one or the other, there is a specific toilet that is, is for anyone. So there's, I mean, pretty progressive thinking in like social terms in the clubs. Yeah. I think that's another thing that kind of bucks this like seedy, you know, that stereotype that's been kind of weaponized against you because, you know, users are coming in and saying, my experience is that they look to take care of to the best of their ability. But there's also like stuff out there in the public domain that we don't need to rely on your experience. 
to point to, and I, I don't, I get, I don't get why that's getting missed. You know what I mean? Like it seems to me as though they've painted an almost like 1970s like working men's club with like pure stripped glitter and you know some last <laughs> of money getting thrown at a row pints and, and you're like that's yeah, the exact Penman opposite said, of like what actually goes on. Marie Penman in the Key Adams interview said, "I don't really know how it works. Do you do you just throw a pound at them and they take their clothes off?" That's what she said uh, before she before she compared women mission. to animals yeah. as well. Yeah. That's what well. the bullfighting comments. Uh, so no, this is this is twice that she's done it. So All right. Before, Two separate occasions. I was on an interview with she's her. Talking to us like that. Referring well. to yeah. what is it? Bullfighting and fox. Yeah, well, did the Key Adams interview onto the Asa Seven Hundred social media the other day? So that's interesting. Animals. And it's, that's, a, that's a pretty like hypocritical thing to be like, we need to protect these lasses, but these lasses are also animals. Like, she said, dances you know, make her skin pick cold. Pick a camp. She says that yeah, it makes get called cold. an animal. What a statement to like make, uh-huh. to be called an animal. For somebody she's trying to save us, as well. she's trying to save us, but uh-huh. we make her skin crawl and she's... Animal animals. Yeah. She's, she's, she's just gaslighting, that's what she's doing. She's gaslighting and that's abusive behaviour. We don't if she asked her, she'd know that. But she's too busy calling We did invite her to a panel. What was the... Remember you put a statement and invited her personally? I put a video out and I said, right, We've got girls, we'll be in a neutral territory, you can come and speak to us. And then um, didn't turn up. Of course you didn't turn up. But what we would like to do um, is we would like to invite the licensing committee to tea. Yeah. Um, and we'll be in the GMB I'm building. Buying. <laughs> yeah, we can, and get I'll bring cake. I'll bring cake. <laughs> Because we're real women and we can do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't uh, know. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but it just seems to be that they want equality for women, but they don't see women, all women as equal. Yeah. Uh-huh. So in order to, to get equality, you need to first see them as equal. Yep. And she just she sees every woman as equal except for dancers because they're just that little bit below her. You yeah. Know? And the freedom of choice on. is another one that I know obviously has been a big sort of weapon that users have used in these counter arguments is that we choose to work and live how we choose, so our bodies and so our lives, and that's totally legitimate. I find I find it odd that people on the other side of this buck against that when these are the people that argue for you need the freedom of choice of what school you go, you need the freedom of choice of what GP you go to, what hospital you go to, what every aspect of your life has to be dictated by choice. But when you actually step up and go, well hold on, respect your choice, they kinda go, well, hmm no. No. With the animals. See talking about choice, it's people choose to come in and see this is entertainment. Yep. You see two doors along in the theatre, there's a poster for calendar girls with five naked women on it. Yeah. You walk past that, you don't have a choice but to see it. You've got a choice yeah. if okay you want to come in and see us with well. a clothes we'll move. So well, and even at that it's topless, the these women are fully naked. Like yeah. the but this is the, the thing. Uh-huh. Full frontal male nudity. Uh-huh. And then you get the, the naked butlers. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that, exactly. that's the bigger naked than ever. And, but there's nothing that's said about that and the dream boys, nothing said about that. Mm-hmm. And we're not fully naked, we don't look topless. There's nothing wrong with either. If they ban strip clubs and say it's violence against women, they're going to need to do the exact same thing, flip the coin and say, well, the film won't can't be in Glasgow anymore because that's that's violence against men. They're going to need to, there's loads of things that yep. they then need to change. Mm-hmm. And a, an interesting thing that someone told me last night as well is that um, what is starting to happen now, now that there's talk of these clubs closing, is we're starting to see guys coming in who 
work in the, the full service sex industry who are starting to ask girls, well, what are you going to do when the club closes? Right. Would you would you be interested in coming and working as an escort for me? Yeah. So now we've got all these people that are circling around waiting to pick look off. Vultures. Uh -huh, look, vultures. And this is, this is being encouraged by the precarious nature of Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with these yep. jobs mm -hmm. and um, and that that's basically what it's encouraging. And that's something we're going to touch on here is that let's say worst case scenario the licensing is reduced to seven F is down to zero um, I mean what impact does that actually have on your real life because I'm as I said before we started I'm going through the redundancy process I have massive uncertainty like I don't earn probably anything like that you used to so I mean I think losing the type of earnings that you potentially put at your disposal would be an absolutely terrifying prospect. I think everybody's got a different story on that, yeah, so like, circumstances. obviously if you wanted to start and say how it's going to affect you. Me personally, it would affect me because I've got two children, so I can't just go and travel. The nearest would be Edinburgh, that's an hour out of the way. I struggle as it is coming into Glasgow, yep. then you're up at six in the morning with your baby, you're doing night feeds, this and that. It's just not possible. Plus, me personally, through in Edinburgh, it's full strip, which is fine. If, if, if people want to do that, that's fine. Me personally, I'm, that's not within my comfort zone. Right. So I'd be forced to go outside my comfort zone and do something like that, or go and do the private stag parties in Glasgow, which don't have any security, and put myself at risk of being attacked. And that's just leaving me with no income. It's, I've, I've not got any money to put food on the table, pay the bills. I've got this huge gap in my CV. Where do I go yeah. from here? I've worked in uh, Magaluf and I've worked back home in England and I chose to work in Scotland in Glasgow purely for the fact that it is a topless club. Right. Um, all Glasgow venues are topless, so everywhere else is full strip. Mm -hmm. um, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but that is just about my comfort zone. Um, I'm not really prepared to do that, it's not really for me. Mm -hmm. So that's then pushing me to do my next step, which is pushing me out of my comfort zone. Well, what's the next step after? Yeah. What, 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 what are they pushing us to do there? They're leaving us no, no choice, no automating it. Yeah. yeah. So what is next? Because I don't know. Um. See, I dance part-time because I do the bar as well. Mm -hmm. So yes, I can get bar work elsewhere, I can do the PR work elsewhere, but I choose to do it there. Yeah. So I'm doing all of that in one roof. So dancing, if the clubs were to close, that's potentially three jobs in one, ve one venue that I'm losing. Now, I don't have children, like I live on my own. Again, that's just my circumstances, but I dance because I choose to. Yep. I should still have a choice of where I, where I want to or don't want to work. Absolutely. Do you see what I mean? Like people Absolutely. do have more severe circumstances or more serious stories than what I do, but it still matters. Two of which I can do elsewhere and again it's topless not full nude. Mm -hmm. Again I've worked in Magaluf, I've done a couple of shifts in Edinburgh, but it's not the point. It's, I just still enjoy it. But this is I choose to work in Glasgow. Like this yeah. is where I want to work, it's the club I want to work in. So mm -hmm. why should that be taken away from us? So Well, I have three kids and recently um, my husband is just been made redundant because the Scottish Parliament never stepped in to help save the, the, the Cali in Springburn. Yeah. So he's getting made redundant in the 21st of July. So if the club's shut, I've got three options. I can either, well, it depends. I could go to Edinburgh, but again, the full strip's not for me. That's why I work in Glasgow. But saying that, if the club's shut down in Glasgow, who's to see Edinburgh won't shut down? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm not relying on having to go to Edinburgh for this to happen again. I won't know dance, it's the only thing I've ever done and it is my career and I did plan and do it until I was at least maybe 35 to 40 because you can do it for a, for a certain length of time. Yeah. I'll either need to go with my kids and work in Spain six months of the year or go to England every other weekend Yeah. Um, or uproot, 
get my husband to find a job in England and uproot everything in England, sell my property, um, uproot my kids and, and move to England. Because we haven't getting made redundant and then the club's shutting. I've not got another plan. Um, ma, ma, I don't want to, I'll do this for the time being and then what's going to happen next? I don't want to go to Edinburgh and then think, oh God, yeah. but here could we get shut down. Uh, or then I'll move to Aberdeen, but here could we get shut down. Can't so, the country when they decide I mean, to shut the clubs. So. When, you go, when you have it as a career, you don't just get a career for, for six months. If I was a lawyer, I wouldn't just go and work in a lawyer's office for six months short term. Mm-hmm. When you've got a family, you need, a, you need to know. Stability. You need stability. Certainty. You need to know where you're going to be. So my next move would need to be it would need to be England, yeah. and I would need to uproot my family, my kids, um, and obviously my my kids, my grandparents and all that who helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, I would need to be, be away from them. It's the the only so option that they're leaving. Potentially destroy your entire support oh, of course, network absolutely. as well everything, as your income. Everything would be up in the air for my kids, my family, and and this is all due to the Scottish government. With, with myself and my husband, not just me. Even if you did move the support to England, that, what, what and the happening? impact on mental health as well, the anxiety, the depression that would follow that. If you were wondering where's your next, like, well, if I was away I, from my family down in England, I, my anxiety would be absolutely, I mean, through and the roof. while you're figuring it out, you've got bills that are piling up, you've got to put food on the table, you've got this, that, and the next thing, the anxiety levels of people would go through the roof. Where, like, where does that leave mm-hmm. people with the whole mental health aspect of it? Where's the compassion? Like, yeah. Where's it come to? Mm-hmm. You were talking to a guy yesterday, exactly. doing another podcast about how, how badly affected young kids are when things like this happen, when parents losing jobs, parents having to leave to go for work, social mobility and these adverse experiences that kids have basically affect them for the rest of their life and the Scottish Government are like forward thinking with this stuff and yeah. doing really well, I mean giving them their due, they're doing really well but I don't think they're really considering the impact that this is going to have on the sort of wider families of the people that are involved here. Lots of da- I mean lots of dancers have kids, they need to realise that we're not all these wee 18 year old lassies dipping my toes in and out of dancing to pay, to pay to be students. Aye. I mean, I would say if they actually came in and spoke to the dancers, 80% of the dancers are, are over the age of 25 for a start. Mm-hmm. Have kids, have families, have husbands, have partners, have mortgages. And this is just a job that works for them within and the context of that? And it's just a job that? that works. I mean, at the end of the day, I can get in there and I can start between 9, 10 and 11 o'clock at night. My kids don't even know I work. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I can spend all day with my kids, I can bath them, put them to bed and off I go to work. And I've not got a boss saying, you need to win, you need to do this, you need to I do that. And see, if, I, if my kids are nowhere and I need to go, well, I need to go. If I were to McDonald's drive through I wouldn't be saying, oh, and my, my kids are feeling that great on my way up the road. Mm. There's a flexibility that works, and it works for parents. That's why a lot of parents do it. Most people that are parents and dancing, it fits perfectly for them. Yeah. It fits perfectly for students and all that as well, but... There is a there is a lot of mothers. Child care is involved. There is a lot of mothers yeah, in the industry. Child care is exhausting. Yep, mm-hmm. that's one thing for me. If I had to go and get a nine to five job, I could not afford the child care as yep. like many people. What's social acceptable? Uh-huh. Plus, then the fact, as you said, then you're leaving your kids and it's kind of unsettling them. This is just what, this is what you do. This is what you know. Mm-hmm. I know it's just throws you right off. Well, when you I work think- nights, you're spending t- like ten times more yeah. time with your children than working a. A day job during the week, you're spending a a lot more time with your children. Absolutely. I built a career unit, so I agreed to have, I mean, I've got three kids, and I had three kids due to the fact that I could spend every day with my kids, and I wouldn't need to put three kids into childcare because I don't even think Britain's next top millionaire could afford that. Yeah. I I had built a family and had my kids and bought my house, run my career that I was doing, so so you're just going to take that away from me. Yeah. So are they going to pay for my childcare and my mortgage? 
put me into education and pay for that as well. I think but, what's worst about it is, is that they're doing it under a banner of we're helping these people. Yeah. They're saving like, well, me. Are you fucked? They're saving me. I didn't ask to get saved. You're like, what? Nobody's asking you how you want saved. We need sign from them. You know, it's and like, that's the thing, nobody, nobody is asking us. Nobody's coming to us, the dancers, and saying, how do you feel about it? How is this going to impact you? They're just coming up with all these assumptions and just saying, nah, they need save violence against women. They need save. Take their jobs away. There was a guy recently who was screaming and shouting outside my door and he'd been stabbed and he, he fell outside my door and he was like greeting and all that and going, somebody help me, somebody help me. Now, that would be like me getting up and going, I'll help you, but I'm not going to give you a compress and I'm not going to, I'm not going to find your wound and hold it and I'm not going to, I'm not going to phone an ambulance or anything like that. I'll just stand next to you and I'll witness it. That's what I'll do and I'll tell everybody how bad it is, what happened to you. Like, or even worse, kick him in the star wounds. So <laughs> well, you're there. We'll make him homeless as well. We'll make him homeless as well. Take his wallet off and play him in the star wounds. Take his wallet off and play him in the star wounds. Take his um, years. One of the things as well, I think I was saying to Debbie on the phone the other night, we've, we've been contacted by a counsellor that's the director of Glasgow Life, um, and me and Matt are literally just going to confront him with us when he comes on the podcast and go, like, what is going on? Can we jump out for the trees? So, like, hi! Uh, if, I mean, if this, <laughs> if you imagine? Well, we could do that, we could just, uh, one come and just get I somebody out and talk to him. But if you said one thing to say to this guy, you just wanted to say so if you one, one of those like walking sticks with the curly hang right with the net. <laughs> <laughs> we come out. Right you. But if you could say one thing to him, because I mean I would like I think I, an idea would be like play him a soundbite of what you'd love to say to him. Like what, what would you like to say to him? Like, I'll tell you what I would love to say this and I'm I've always got something to say. But this I know, I know. This violence against women. Where is the proof and where is the evidence of the violence? You get me proof that in these clubs there is violence against women and I will, and I will hang, hang up my dance shoes, I'll hang up my thong and I'll hang up my hair extensions and say, right, I'm done. <laughs> but where is the violence against women? That's How can you pass something with not about evidence? How is that being allowed? And how, if it's violence against women, is it not legal? How is it not legal? And that's kind of where I've kind of wandered on this in my reading was that I feel like you're up against perception and opinion rather than any reasonable facts. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to obviously combat that with MPs who have national platforms and stuff like that. So obviously, hopefully, they can contribute to that. But like, um, what's my place there? Uh, one of the things is we're talking to you guys about what's going to disappear if these clubs disappear that we've no touched on and has been absolutely prevalent to me in my research is like your sense of community. Like, when I see you talk about what you do together in the press, on Twitter and all the rest of it, there's like a community above all these other concerns that runs the risk of being absolutely decimated by the closure of the clubs. And like, that to me seems in itself motivation enough to make sure it doesn't happen. Like, is that something that, you know, you feel, if you, you have a community that you work in? Well, they'll put it this way. She was at my wedding four years ago. We were in Mexico a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. She's, we were out for dinner last night. Yeah. We knew, I bought my first car off her. 
holidays and bosses chasing me about just being lecturey horrible yeah. creepy bastards and um and when I get into dancing I was like this is brilliant like I've got freedom and I can do what I want you don't want it's not as um, sort of lined up for guys to pick dances if you don't want to dance for someone yeah. you can say no yeah, like, but like I, I've, it doesn't matter where you go in the world like you can still you can go out, go into a dance club and you can go on with people and you can make money and you can make money on holiday and all you always meet somebody you always meet somebody in a club where you don't meet somebody you don't know and um, it's just you form bonds that just don't really break, you yeah. know. Like I hadn't seen you in what how many years, but ten. We just we just go on, a, you know. That's based on sisterhood and know this notion that these are all victims of the same thing. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. I mean? And it's like it's, it's and it takes away for people who are genuinely victims and for the the bad stuff that is actually going on behind closed doors and stuff like that. It takes away from all that. Yeah, I think this was something that I said to somebody on Twitter when I was debating with them is, is that if you really I mean if you want to go and find the sort of seedier side of sex work you can go and find it right, it's, it's you you'll button. find anything if you look hard yeah, enough yeah, exactly. so. the, the internet gives you everything so why are they targeting this really safe sort of side of it why are they not getting into combat actual trafficking like why are they yeah. t- telling people not to attend meetings when they're, they're spotting Try to help yeah. protect people. Yeah. It just doesn't that make sense to me. experts in the field. You guys should be considered experts in the field. No, somebody Absolutely. To be Everyone told here by should an be academic. given a seat at the your, table. Your opinion doesn't but matter. Stephen, you come in and do a shift to us and see what she thinks of that. It's like I was going to. It's like I was getting into a plumber and going, it's like I was getting into trying to legislate about, about being a plumber and going, oh, we don't think that's safe. And the mm. guy's like, that doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but you're wrong. I've never done a plumbing in my life or get in and talking about, somebody asked me on, on Facebook about um, what sort of PPE do you provide? <laughs> and I'm like, for who? For the customers, because it's it's there and more fucking danger than the last one. What was it? You said pants pleasers like I'm shield. I'm like, what you running about with fucking knee pads? The bands that got in the changing yeah. room shadow box. Fantasy Fridays, American footballs. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I work in domination now, and I just I miss the comrade the camaraderie that you used to get um, when I was working in clubs because. Mm-hmm. You go in and you see your pals, and you're it's like a night out, but you're yeah. making money, and you're no drinking, you're no waking up with a hangover. So, mm-hmm. it's it's really good fun. And again, and not in you know everyday job terms, like you really, I, I can hear that and think the first time I worked in a really cool sales team, and we were up on our toes. There was energy, there was teamwork, there was everybody buzzing about it's you know getting buzz. sales and getting money and all that kind of stuff. And again, there's just that direct comparison with what people elsewhere might classify sort of normal work. So I mean. 
you know. No, what is I normal? worked in a car exactly. place, and, exactly. and I've got the used car bit. The guys were all in the office, snorting lines of gear, and then taking customers out for test drives. <laughs> like that was an, a normal job, uh-huh. an acceptable job. And I'm like, it was a driving instructor. It was an alcoholic. The management were going out in their lunch and drinking glasses of wine, and then coming back to the call centre. And you're just like, that's a normal line of work. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like, things happen. Or, or they go to their nine to five during the week and then at the weekends they're buying like three gram of Kinsol <laughs> and ten bottles of wine was, and they're getting wrecked and then they're fucked on a Monday and you're the, like well how but at the weekends no nobody's there's, there's alcoholics and there's coke in, in every in single in industry and nightclubs but there are no nightclubs like, exactly. You can't say we. I watched a, a podcast last week, um, and it was a girl, and she was saying that when she worked in strip clubs, either there was alcohol and there was drugs, but there's alcohol and drugs in every nightclub, yeah. in every bar. Aye. You, it's no. You can't just Except say. To you, strip you're clubs, take them. Strip exactly. clubs are going to. Uh, there's loads of drugs. Gordon well, Ramsay did no. his thing recently, where it was like he drug tested his own. Like two-star toilet in his mm-hmm. restaurant, That's whatever right, it was, uh-huh. and combined uh-huh. with coke and was going to have his nut, and then tested his various other restaurants and found like drugs on the premise, like, staffing premises, and like sixty percent of his restaurants. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've done exactly. bad for, for ten years, right? Yeah. Now this is a, this actually happened. Um, I used to work in a venue, um, and every so often they do kind of spot checks. They'll come in, they'll swab your surfaces or whatever, and the place failed eighty percent of the test, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the we we'll call the gaffers got called into the police station to go over this, that and the next thing. He took his own testing kit and asked to use their toilet. So he sat there and got bollocked by the police and he just went, oh, by the way, your own staff toilet's tested positive, can I go now? And that was in a venue that I worked in. So that was the police toilet (laughs) in the police station. He took his own kit in, swabbed the toilets in the police station and he went, right, okay. So he sat there, he took out everything they were saying, this is appalling, you need to reinforce this, that and the next thing. And he was like that, he quite finished. There you go, there's a positive test for the toilet two doors down. That just nails that argument because it's just bullshit. People going, well, they they take coke. It's like... Nearly everybody. Have you ever I know seen the old the ball saying in the jet? There's like nine fucking There was an article recently in the Guardian that was talking about Coke being a middle class problem. And it's the people that, you know, like your Sandra Whites and all yeah. that, that are in that kind of middle class. Mm-hmm. They need to be looking at their neighbours. 100%. So I would say the Guardian is probably a middle class problem in that respect. That's a problem just in itself. MPs take. I mean, Ross Thompson, the... Allegedly. Go into the... Yeah. 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 What is the... What was the Tory MP that yeah. comes back recently? Was that Michael Gove or something? Or one of them? They, all uh, the Tories the started coming out yeah. going, I done, I done a wee bit of weed. Oh, I done coke. Oh, I done crack. Like, what are we I fucking... What, is this like the world's worst one-up? I think, like, what the, the fuck? Tory MP does crack was like the least surprising headline I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? What? There was, they were trying to ban Sorry. all of the psychoactive substances at one point and one of the Tories got up and he was like, actually, I quite like poppers. Can we keep poppers? <laughs> and we kept poppers. And I'm like, they yes. can buy them Sucky Hill Street, by the way. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we do have, I mean, we have a toilet attendant. We have a, a male toilet attendant that mans the toilets as well because that's somewhere else that there's a form of security mm-hmm. um, and the, the toilets every night. At this point, you have got to be so strict because you know that these guys are out there trying to shut you down. Yeah. But the and thing is, the filming that's excuse. happening in clubs... In, in, against their will. And that's against club rules. No filming, no photography. Because mm-hmm. there's privacy issues and it even says on the, the council um, in their thing that there shouldn't be any filming or photography and that's part of their, their legislation or their, their rules that they want to see enforced. 
but yet nobody's doing anything about people getting filmed in Leeds, Manchester and Sheffield. Right. Who's, what, what will Glasgow City Council that do if that happens? Yeah. Putting that out there mm. online, somebody when they close one, that's, that's, that well, actually... So you can scrub people's faces out, right. but you've you got tattoos and piercings. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, some See, you blood my face out. You've only met me once. Save my face is blurred out in a photo. You would notice me. Uh-huh. We've, we've done a podcast with somebody about revenge porn and the impact that that has on people is devastating as well. So it's just, I if people are filming you and like taking pictures and stuff with it. Where's our rights to that? Like, where are our rights? Because that's not allowed. So what are they going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Glasgow is the is the strictest in Scotland in terms of lap dancing clubs, yeah. and it really is. It's very, very strict. It is only topless. There's certain rules, like in Edinburgh, they do things like, like you can get into day shifts and it's five pound a dance and you can come and go as you please. They're, they're, they're like kind of pubs. Glasgow has lap dancing nightclubs. Yeah. And you could say they are sort of nightclubs as well. <coughs> do you know what I mean? Because there's a lap dancing nightclub there is, venue, There's so. loads, loads of rules. They're really, really safe. Why change the ones that only really give you any problems? Yep. Do you know what I mean? If you think stripping's terrible well there's a i think there's a big difference as well between topless and being a full strip because i would lie on the beach in portugal topless mm-hmm. so and most people do yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't like naked right enough texting the sun up until fucking two minutes <laughs> ago that as well yeah it's ridiculous that, that's one of the things that I, I find sort of most hypocritical mm-hmm. about where or some of the criticisms that are kind of wrongly being labeled at you are leveled at you guys is that we were talking about, you know, people going, oh, well, these women's bodies are being sexualised. Like, women's bodies have been sexualised since there was women. Like, fuck all we do with lap dancing. People paid to get, mm-hmm. take their clays off. So that way, as soon as clays were invented, so people were men. paying other people See, to take them off. See if they're going to focus on violence against women, do it in the streets before going into a club that's yeah. got yeah. security uh-huh. and cameras. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as I that. I think just like, even the, the, the sexual argument is that, like, I was, I was watching an advert the other day there, and it was, I was saying it was for sofas, and the sofa basically said, buy this sofa and you'll get your hole. And I'm like, are we actually like sexualising sofas? But obviously, you know, everything else that comes along with advertising, sex, selling and all the rest of it, but then also at the same time criticise people for using exactly. the exact same thing to make a living. Like, I don't... It's it's hypocritical we had, all across the board for me. Sorry, we had passes. And whatever happened, I'm, no, I'm not 100%, but they had get pulled up on what was on the passes. Mm-hmm. Now... Right, I said it was a woman in a bra. It was like a woman in underwear. Do you know, like you see the adverts for kind of babe station and whatnot. It was a woman so in a bra. If you're into that, then. And aha, it was a woman in a bikini and in a bra, and the club get pulled on it. Mm-hmm. And then they took it to a lawyer, and the lawyer said the Marks and Spencer's advert, which is on the telly, is worse. <laughs> Disregard it. Yep. Like, d- doesn't make a difference. It's worse. Aye, they went as it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> the poster that's outside the theatre. Yeah. <laughs> Three streets away. <laughs> I think these these kind of so called feminists read into things too much mm-hmm. and they, they let their they let their imagination run away for them. Yeah. And they, they just their anxiety maybe takes over a little bit and they start going, Oh, I, she must be thinking this, that or that. Mm-hmm. Who are you getting offended on behalf of? Yeah. Me. Because I didn't ask anybody to get offended. Did they you just get confused get and get their back up about what they don't understand? I'm not the one doing the offending. It's, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I, I genuinely think it is full feminism. And I think it's rooted in that these people personally wouldn't want to do it. But what it's is that? Nobody's, to do nobody's with asking them to. Nobody's forcing them to. I don't want to be a fucking welder, but I'm not going to stop people doing welding. <laughs> Ban politicians, maybe that might be. I don't want to work out. It doesn't mean everybody needs to come inside. The thing Absolutely. is, you can't. You don't walk past these. They're not public enough to walk past them. You it's need to hard look enough for to them. bloody find them. Yeah. You need to go mm-hmm. looking for a strip club. 
we're not out there putting it in MD's face. It doesn't mean because it's going to be regulated, we're going to be marching up and doing Buchanan galleries and pants <laughs> on a Saturday night looking for customers to come in. Yeah. Things aren't going to change, but we should have the right to do what we want with our bodies. So that's violence against women is nonsense. They can't even they, they can't even use that for a start. Mm-hmm. If they just think, oh, it's not right and women are getting sexualised, well, so are men. So what are they going to do about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everybody does in one way or another, but we specifically do not in this job. Yeah. Is everything outside of the club should be focused on more than what I'd happens love to inside? Sandra White's birthday is sending us some fucking naked butlers. Probably need eating them. So see if he's for wanting it to be like the ideal scenario, what would the regulation look like for you? What would you just want it to look like? I wouldn't want, we don't, I'm not saying we don't need to be regulated because we're all for regulation, but there isn't anything I would change personally. For our club. We've been for, ideas. For, for our club, we're always open to ideas, but mm-hmm. for our club, there's a safe home policy. Mercam is a big brother. Security is fine. Dancers are, are, are trained, they're no, they don't have any issues. They've got, they've got the mobile as well. They've uh-huh. got a mobile that's just for dancers, uh-huh. and there's always one of the managers and the DJ as well. They've always got the dancer's phone. So 24 7, if you need to contact any of them, you get an answer on that phone. They're Someone's happy enough always to pay got for that. any sort of counselling if we need any counselling. Um, there was also something about before it was um, private healthcare yeah. if we needed anything. Anyway, they're there on hand for anything that we need. Um, but I would need a regulation's good, but there's nothing about change. They couldn't come in and say, "Oh, we'll put this in place to make it safer," because it's as safe as it possibly could be. Yeah. It speaks for itself. If nothing happens, it's safe. Nothing's happened in the 17 years the club's been open. It's a safe club. Yeah. Regulation is, is good and we're all for it, but I don't know what else they could do. I right now, we still have to do as an They would just be pulling, pulling things out their ass, basically. We still stick to the rules. Years ago, when the club, you'll know more about this, when the club was regulated, what was it regulated under? The entertainment's licence. Uh-huh. We were regulated under the entertainment's licence. See the, the guidelines and the rules that they gave us? We still stick by them to this day. Right. But we could be, even though that license doesn't apply. That license doesn't apply. So there's no way. But they just seen that it. We've just done So we, the dancers are uh, happy. You're getting good dancers coming in because it is good conditions. There is nobody to say that we can't be doing a full strip or swinging for chandeliers because there's no regulations. But we don't. Yeah. Because we're still, we're still going after the backy what we used to know. We've not changed that. I think the the as we kind of head towards wrapping up, like the the message seems to be. Just listen to what he's actually got to say about what he's done. Uh-huh. Stop making you assumptions. Ask the 700, literally ask us, because that's the point that we're trying to get across. Don't come to our own conclusions. Ask us. Yeah. I mean, this is just a small group. There is, there is loads. Do you know what I mean? Exactly there's, hiding, you know, everybody's got their own story to tell. But there's not, girls not that have been private dancing that are now coming out and actually saying, no way, this is going to affect me this way, this is going to affect me that way. Mm-hmm. Coming out on social media, even if they're covering their faces, they're yep. still sending us photos to use for the social media, because I'm a dancer, I'm not ashamed of it. They just don't want to be public about it, but yeah. they're still they're filling out the consultation, they're sharing their views online, they're supporting it without actually going, I am a dancer, but we'll know that they are, which is still helping in one way or another. But they don't want to be public so about it because people don't see it as a career, exactly. because yeah. it's such a stigma against it. Absolutely. Which is bullshit. Aye, if there was no stigma against it, people would be happy so enough to say, yep. I go topless, the same as fucking Demi Moore done in striptease. Yeah. She get paid a fee for that. Well, yeah. so do we, what's the difference? Absolutely. I, I, I hire people, I manage, I manage a sales team. I, I don't understand why anybody would why there is a stigma. If somebody came to me and was applying for a job and 
they were competent and interviewed well and they had been a strip or at them. We're self-employed, we handle money, there's a the timekeeping, there's the, we've got control of every single aspect, aspect of it. Self-motivation, organisation skills, all of these skills we're sorry, are transferable, but they should be recognised. <laughs> so, in terms of the consultation which you just touched on, um, we want to make sure that anybody listening to this uh, gets out there and actually, you know, offers an opinion in terms of the consultation. Yeah. Uh, one of the points mm-hmm. in terms of the consultation that I'm aware of is that they're asking for very specific information. Uh, so, you know, no just it's not just clicking a box or sending a template. Um, where can the guys get information that will help them go out there and support so you? So I've put up two or we've we've put up two um, guides. One for one for dancers mm-hmm. and one for um for uh, basically the mm-hmm. public um so what they need to do is they need to go on and read that guide. Um, yep. We've broken down the questions given because some of the questions are quite vague. So we've broken down these are the things you should Lame be thinking terms. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anybody could do it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we've made it really, really simple. All they need to do is just put a few lines in their own words for each question mm-hmm. um, and then email it to the email address that's there. But they need to include their name and address um, so that it gets counted and they know that they're from <clears throat> Glasgow. Okay. Um, same with the dancers. The dancers can also join GMB if they haven't already. Um, and we can and then go through it personally with them, mm-hmm. give, give them a lot more help. But if they don't want to or they can't join GMB for any reason, um, then there's a guide there anyway, because we don't want to exclude anyone from this process. Mm-hmm. Um, the more dancers' voices are heard, the better. Um, for the first time ever, dancers have actually been included as, as people that, that need to be included in this process. So okay. there will be evidence sessions happening as well. Um, once we get work so that they are starting to happen, then mm-hmm. we can start contacting people and getting um, getting the, the workers themselves in front of the licensing committee. Yeah. Um, but in terms of maybe practical help, if, if people can or if they've got some questions that they're unsure of or they want to just meet somebody in person and go, okay, so this is what a dancer looks like, yep. um, then they can come either this Saturday or the, the Saturdays after. So it's three Saturdays that we're doing the 29th of June. This has been at George Square, yeah? Yeah, in George Square. 29th of June, the 6th of July and the 13th of July between 1 and 3pm at George Square. We need help. It's plain clothes so that everybody can hide if they need to, if they don't want to be identifiable as a dancer. Mm-hmm. You won't know who's a dancer and who's not, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, okay, exactly. That's the point we're trying I mean, to make. Was, yeah, uh, my, my we were dad's talking coming about taking as well, my, so. my daughter down as well, uh, but she's away with her papa this weekend. Yeah. But we'll uh-huh. maybe catch so one of the other ones because... Bring them next week. We need some help. Yeah, I'm away, there. I'm away this weekend, so I'm going to be going to the, the other ones. Mm-hmm. So we need people to give out flyers and give out badges and, and just basically try and get people over to the table so that we can then help them to, to fill out their consultation response. So we'll have we'll have bits of paper and we can we're gonna maybe work in a template and see if that helps mm-hmm. people to do it. But otherwise we can help people with them um, any questions that they've got and give them the information that they need. Face to face as well, there and then. G- so. Give them the facts that they need, uh-huh. not the opinions, the facts. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's not about getting ready of lap dancing clubs because lap dancing clubs aren't like everybody's cup of tea, as I've said. Yeah. There's been people I've said you're going to sign the consultation, like, oh, I don't really like strip clubs. This isn't about strip clubs. This is about the Scottish Parliament telling me what I can and can't do with my body. It's about yeah. women's rights. Yeah. It's not about. And whether lap you like it clubs. or not, whether it's your cup of tea or not, it's, it is, it's about Aye, it our is. jobs and other and the other bar staff jobs. It's about somebody telling us what we can and can't do with our body. That's why people should be signing it. 
people should be signing it because there's somebody sitting up in a high chair saying she can't do this weird body because I don't like it. That's what it's about. Yeah. And that's why people need to sign this consultation. Absolutely. And um, when does the consultation close? Is it mid-August or something? 26th like of August. Um, ideally, we want to get all of our responses collated and ready to go by the end of July. So for dancers, um, ideally that's the, kind of, that's the deadline for us so that we've got a few weeks that we can fix or amend anything that we need to or get any extra information mm -hmm. that we need. Um, for the public, it's the 26th of um, August, that's their deadline. We'll obviously get you know links to your guides and various other bits of yeah. calls retweeted. If dancers can get in touch yeah. from Megara. Stace and yeah. we'll be there on Saturday for definite to come along and support you any way we can. Um, I just want to thank you for coming in. Um, as I said earlier on in the, the show, we've been talking to a lot of like left-leaning uh, you know, union types and stuff like that, so yeah. having you in has been great in that respect. But like uh, last week, um, we sat down and we spoke to an author about a, an activist, a Scottish activist called Kath Duncan, and like she was basically the template for like female activism in Scotland, and this is like a hundred years ago. And I think having the privilege to sit down and talk to you today has been great because that sort of political fighting spirit in Scottish women is still clearly fucking alive and well. Um, <laughs> we I don't fuck with Glasgow you keep women's money. Quiet. Yeah, you Thanks for coming in and best of luck with the fight. We're right behind you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs>